What's going on, everybody? This is Cody with Drew Code Sports Talk. We are proud to announce that Drew Code is a proud member of the Fanatics affiliate program. If you don't know what Fanatics is, Fanatics is a one-of-a-kind, unique sports apparel website that sells officially licensed NFL, NBA, MLB, college sports, and WWE gear. Fanatics is where all your favorite leagues and teams are available to buy. Drew and I, of course, are diehard Raiders fans and Giants fans, so of course, we are going to Fanatics to get all of the latest gear for our teams to be the most represented. Right now, you can click the link in the description below to purchase your favorite team's officially licensed gear now. Follow us on social media and get the latest news on discounts and promos. We'll see you there. This is Drew Code Sports Talk, and I am your host, Andrew Wright. And over in his kitchen, it looks like, it's my co-host, Cody Johnson. Cody. What's going on, everybody? It's the last day of February, and that's right. We got a show for you guys. Well, actually, when you guys hear this, it'll probably be past be February. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, this you're hearing this in the future, future people. So how's it <laughs> over there? We don't know what it's like yet. So anyways, welcome to the show, guys. Uh, we have a jam-packed show, literally talking about, I think, almost all sports, especially F1. And uh, oh, now yeah. that I've so now that I'm nearly caught up with uh, Drive to Survive, Drew has been we've actually just had like a 20 minute conversation about it just before we got on. <laughs> and it was so fitting because I haven't I haven't kept up with it. Now I have. And so it was uh, great to carry that on. But uh, before we get started, two things. One, please go follow us on all of the socials, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and also YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe and to the podcast. Number two, most importantly, Drew, how are you doing, man? Doing well, man. Um, I was sick towards the end of last week, um, and then we had my daughter's birthday, which was fantastic. Uh, Seemed like everyone had a good time. Um, you know, the only people that didn't have a good time was me and my wife. (laughs) So, and not to, not to, uh, cause any mayhem here, but for right reasons, I will say from what you said, and I would agree. So I'm, I mean, I'm not going to go into it, but it was just, it was very stressful. There was a lot that was going on. We were trying to, you know, get everything situated and we had a certain time period that we were going to have to leave. So we had to outweigh everything, but then we kind of saw Nadia, having a fantastic time on her birthday you know playing with her friends um and uh so we were just like you know what we'll just do whatever we'll just go with the flow and we'll let her have fun and she did so that was good and actually it seemed like people were having a lot of fun because um actually my my oldest sister um told me that her daughter wants Uh to have her birthday there (laughs) so i was like well good luck i'm not gonna take care of any of that well, so, and I know that you've sparked a love in Haley to want to do it. And uh, as you saw, she was so graceful. Now, the one thing you got to stop doing is we got to stop going to places where she has to display her athletic ability because it doesn't work, man. Like we had her out on on roller skates oh, and she man. was fine on the carpet. But as soon as she got on the rink, just bam. No, just I was. Yeah, it. I was just having a conversation <laughs> with my wife. We were just talking about this because we were laughing so hard because we were like, she was she seemed to do fine on the carpet yeah but then all of a sudden 
when we had to like when we were gonna sing happy birthday and do the cupcakes and all that she was like coming over there and she could not stand up straight for the life yeah. of her it took oh, yeah. her like four minutes to get like still and i was yeah. like my god Haley, just go sit down and yeah. <laughs> just it, don't try and get up <laughs> like the goal was to get her to go around the rink, rink one time and she did i wasn't there to see it i had to go pick up my son but um i guess she went around one time on the walker because they thankfully had walkers for the kids although that did not help i'll just say it was useless for her she might as well have just <laughs> hugged the wall go around she probably would have had a better luck with it but yeah. all things considered she had a great time and uh, she wants to do it again, wants to, you know, get roller skates of her own and do that. And we'll see how that plays out. I'm not quite sure, but we'll yeah. see. And uh, she woke up the next morning fine until the rest of the day played out on Sunday. And then she got really sore because she fell so many times on her on her butt that it was like bruised. Like she had like a nice little, yeah. she had a nice little haze right there on the backside all because of uh, how many times she, you know, she was kissing the pavement, so yeah. or not pavement. It was a carpet, but you know what I mean. It so. was funny too because uh, uh, there was there was a game that um, they were playing in the in the roller rink, which was uh, four corners. And so yeah. you go to every you know whoever wherever you want to go, you go to everyone goes to a corner, and they have like a colored like dice. Right. And so each corner has a color, and then they roll the dice, and whenever it lands on. They'll usually say, oh, you're safe or you're or you're out or whatever. Usually if your color doesn't get rolled, then you're mm -hmm. out type thing. So they were doing that. And uh, so while my daughter was waiting for them, uh, waiting for everyone to find a corner, she and her friends found a corner. So they're just kind of sitting there. And uh -huh. then all of a sudden, I just see my daughter just completely eat it. <laughs> and I'm on the floor laughing because it was so hilarious. She was standing up just fine. All of a sudden, I just see her go. <laughs> she just goes on her back. And then she she like flailed so much that she kicked her friend and her friend fell. Oh my and gosh. so I'm losing it. I'm just absolutely dying. Everyone's like, what happened? And I was like, my daughter just ate it, man. She just ate so much crap. <laughs> And so I was laughing and she was like, I really hurt my butt. And I'm just laughing. I couldn't stop. I was like, I'm I sure she did. I saw you. And she was like, dad, it's not funny. My butt hurts. And I was like, I know it's not funny, but it was hilarious watching that. I got to be honest. You're like that kid from Big Daddy who has to see Adam Sandler get damn near killed before he's happy and stops crying. <laughs> yeah. And so. Sanger, did you guys have any crazy weather last week? Yeah, actually, um, when I was uh, announcing for the baseball team on Tuesday. Uh -huh. So the week before that, that uh, was a very windy day on Tuesday, and I had right. a game. So it yeah. was really windy, and I was like, oh, my gosh, dude. And I, I had just like a jacket, you know, a long sleeve shirt, pants. You know, I was, I was yeah, dressed, you're dressed for, for it to be cold. Yeah. But I wasn't like dressed because it was incredibly cold. I was mm -hmm. so surprised. So I was like, okay, next time I'm going to bring gloves because my hands were like frozen. Um, and then I was like, I'm going to layer up and bring a sweatshirt and a jacket. So yeah. that's what I did last week because I knew it was going to be windy again. They said it wasn't going to be as windy as, as the last week. So I was like, all right, cool. So uh -huh. I dressed warm. And it's still the wind. I'm sure it, <laughs> it was worse. The wind yeah. was worse. Yeah. And so it was blowing like we have the scoreboard and right now we're kind of using the um, junior high fields right. because our, the um, the high school fields haven't been finished yet. 
And mm-hmm. so um, we had this scoreboard for baseball and it was getting blown, like getting tipped over like on yeah. its side and the wheels are going one way, but the wind was blowing it like another way. And it was still uh-huh. trying to tip it over. I was like, this is strong, strong <laughs> wind. And then like in right field, you can see the fence being uh-huh. uh, pulled out of the ground and like oh, basically wow. like flying in the air. And so <laughs> the guy that I was, that I was working with the the athletic director, he had to go run over there with someone else and, and they had to like restake the, the um, field. And in the, in the last inning, the seventh inning um, it happened again. And they were just like, it's all right. We're, we're almost done anyway. So they Holy just left cow. it. Yeah. It was, it was strong wind. So it was, the wind was crazy. Um, you know, I, I took my daughter to gymnastics last week on Wednesday mm-hmm. and that's where we had the hail slash, I guess, snow here. Which I thought it was snow. It was, they I called it, it they, I forgot what they called it. I Blush. just told me. No, it was something. It was a fancy word for. I can't remember it's what a it was. Bougie but, word for snow. Is that what you're trying to no, say? No, it was like <laughs> because it's it's kind of slushy, almost like snow, but it's not right. snow. It's it's more hail. Okay. So they were saying so. Anyway, yeah. So that like hit our car, and of course it was happening right when my daughter got out, and I was like, God dang it, dude! I don't want to <laughs> drive in this. I'm not confident in this, but it right. it was fine. So. Yeah. Well, the reason why I said that is because, you know, I have that Costco right by my house. So yeah. off when I got off work, I went there to go get dinner because, of course, you can't beat course, the rotisserie chicken for 49 $1.50 yeah. hot dog and a soda. <laughs> can't beat it. Anyway, so I get the rotisserie chicken. I get some other fixings. And when I go out to the car, all of a sudden I see like a good amount of whatever, frost, snow, sleet, whatever you want to call it. Yeah on the car and so i'm calling my wife and i go honey it's snowing outside because it's what it is i mean it's hitting my jacket and it looks like a flurry and she's like no it's not and so i drive in front of our house and you can see there's like a good amount like four inches at least around the windows of like this ice stuff so i had Haley grab and we made some snowballs and threw it at each other and then that was (laughs) short-lived because as soon as it hit the ground it like completely disintegrated but It got extremely cold the last like couple of days, and then rain has been here since Friday. Yeah, so it has it has not let up. And there's some places in California, like I want to say down in Tulare, literally flooded. Like they're yeah, dang near a, a state of emergency down there. So it well, has been. They have like emergency buildings up in like shaver lake and stuff because of how bad the snow is up there yeah. and like yosemite is closed until they said they're going to reopen tomorrow which i really doubt it because it's know. still snowing like crazy so the grapevine shut down on sunday because of so much snow and it yeah. just didn't let up so it's been crazy over here man it's like yeah. the end, it's like the end of days or something man i don't <laughs> I don't know if we should be like in church or something or yeah. I feel like we're in the wrong place right now. <laughs> well, no, the, <laughs> nevertheless, <laughs> we're going to continue doing what we're going to do. So That's whatever. Right. All right. Well, enough of that chick chat now, Cody. Um, let's talk about some sports, huh? And let's talk about, uh, yeah, I suppose let's talk about the, the, I think this is probably the, in my opinion, the biggest story that has happened since football has ended. Mm -hmm. Um, the Lakers are kind of on a, 
on a good well now they lost today of course but um, to, Men- to I mean, Memphis in fairness it was to Memphis so it was a good yeah. team and it wasn't I mean they didn't get blown out either so it wasn't yeah. that bad but anyway uh Lakers are are winning they're they're winning some games here mm-hmm. um and as you as you wrote on here Lakers are 4 and 2 since the trade deadline um but LeBron James uh has a, an ankle injury I think is what they said I thought it was a well you're probably right I thought it was a well, foot injury but I can look at it but Anyway, he is injured, and they said he's, I mean, he's out for the foreseeable future. I think they're going to give him a couple of weeks, and then they're going to um, give him, uh, oh, it is a foot injury, you're right, at least two or three weeks, but they expect that he's going to be, um, he's going to be out for a little bit longer, which is not great, <laughs> mm-hmm. because uh, there's not much longer uh, of, yeah. of these games left. So. My question to you, and they're like very like right on the cusp of getting into the play in, and I even was talking about when uh when they were doing well was like, man, they I mean, if they continue to play the way they're playing, there's a possibility they could get into the first six seeds and yeah. and automatically be in the playoffs. But now without LeBron, I I don't know how I feel about it, but can the Lakers make the playoffs and I'm including the play in. Wow. Um, I'm going to say yes to the play in playoffs, like being the top six seed. I think that makes it tough because with LeBron, the argument could be made that you could probably fight your way to get to the six seed. Cause you got to just get past Pelicans, the jazz Timberwolves Mavericks are sitting at seventh right now. Warriors are at six. So depending on the day, they'll probably flip flop. So you have to, Oh, and, and and the blazers, excuse me, we'd have to get past them. And with LeBron, I think there was a strong possibility. We could have been jockeying for six to eighth, but now without LeBron and we're just going to assume we probably won't see LeBron until the end of the season, maybe the last week of the season. Cause there's only, I think 19 games left for the Lakers in general. I think playing is a realistic possibility. I, you know, unless Zion Williamson comes back healthy re- anytime soon, the Pelicans probably are going to continue to fall the way that they are. I like the Lakers as constructed better than Portland, even though Damian Lillard is playing out of his mind, which we'll talk about later on in the show. Yeah. But I think as soon as the Lakers get back, uh, D'Angelo Russell, I think we get AD to be the focal point of the offense, which he looked really good in the uh, Memphis game. I would say, you know, if it wasn't for turnovers, we probably could have stolen that game. But I mean, we still played with energy. I like Jared Vanderbilt on the defensive end. I like how he stretches. Um, You know, he's able to guard literally one through five. Um, You know, Dennis Schroeder has been absolutely amazing offensively for us. And Austin Reeves has been really great off the bench for us. I think he contributed with 17 tonight and shooting really well from three. So his energy has been helpful. I think though, again, we do need D'Angelo Russell. He, he can play off the ball and he can also get his own shot, which would help take a lot of pressure off of um, Anthony Davis. I think we can get in the play in, but playoffs without LeBron. And I'm referring to getting to the top into the top six seating is probably not going to happen, Uh, but I'm confident to say the Lakers can probably still get into a playoff spot, at least number 10 um, without LeBron up until he returns. That would be my, 
That'd be my assumption. And I'm really mm, skeptical about that. Cause that also means that AD can, has to stay healthy the remainder of the season. And especially if we make him the focal of the offense, there's a higher chance of him getting injured. So we'll see. I mean, we've got 19 games left, like I said, and we've got a lot of tough games ahead. We need to definitely take care of the games that are winnable. And we need to steal a couple of the other games of the bigger teams to help our winning uh, position, I would say. But playing, yes, playoffs, I don't know. Probably not without LeBron. Well, here's the thing. Um, I, I I agree with you. I don't think they're going to get in the first 10 or first 10. Good God. Uh, the first <laughs> six. Um, I mean, obviously, the Nuggets are uncatchable. I yeah. thought at, with LeBron, the way he was playing, and then the addition with D'Angelo Russell and, um, <clears throat> and um, Anthony Davis, the way he was playing, I thought there was a possibility we might, now that I'm looking at it, I think that was dumb. I was saying maybe possibly the Grizzlies because I think I was just looking at the wins, but I didn't realize they're like ten games aha- so ahead on losses. Yeah, so, so far ahead. <laughs> my bad. I thought the Kings were going to be, um, you know, somewhat catchable as well, but the way they've been playing, probably not. Uh, the Suns, obviously, once they get, um, uh, once they get Kevin Durant, which I mean, they they're going to. I mean, he's he's going to be helping that team out a lot so i thought maybe you know the clippers listen the clippers did add a few things like you know obviously they added westbrook they added uh plumley but i just watched westbrook turning the ball over and the first thought was that's the russell westbrook i remember with the lakers (laughs) um so um but i i just i don't know for some reason the the clippers are just they underachieve and it's weird to me um, they really rely on Zubac, and I don't think Zubac is a guy who should be starting. I think he's a great role player. Um, mm-hmm. But right now, the Clippers, I'm watching the Clippers and, and Timberwolves as we speak, and they're struggling against Timberwolves. Like, they cannot stop Rudy Gobert. And okay. yes, I said that, Rudy Gobert. So, <laughs> um, you know, that's that's kind of a concern. So I, do, I did think that the Clippers were very catchable, and also the Mavericks, because the Lakers went head-to-head with the Mavericks. Mm-hmm. came back and won. I mean, you don't always want to have to come back, but at the same time, I, I did feel like the Lakers are a better defensive team. And what happened? Why did the Lakers win? Well, they sh- they shut the Mavericks down on uh, defensively. So, um, And then obviously LeBron you know, went ahead and went off, and Jared Vanderbilt really helped uh, stop Luka. So. Mm-hmm. The Warriors, I'm a little concerned. Now we're talking about the playing team. So you have Warriors, Jazz, Timberwolves, Pelicans right now. Those are the teams that are in the plan. The Warriors, I'm a little worried about because once uh, Steph Curry comes back, I just don't see the Warriors uh, losing whatever spot they're in. Right. Um, the Jazz, I think, are starting to really, really slump. They won their last two games, but I, I don't think it's going to continue. I think they're going to lose more than they're going to win. Yeah. Um, I just think that this team started off really hot, and it was a great start, but they're starting to show, okay, you know, we're not as, we're not as good as everyone's playing. But Laurie Markkinen has been phenomenal, and I, I've loved Laurie Markkinen for a long time. I always thought this guy was going to be something special. And he just was never in a position or or uh, able to show how good he was, and now he is, uh, which is great. But the Timberwolves, I thought this team is not going to be good. 
They mm-hmm. just got rid of D'Angelo Russell, which I think did hurt them because he mm-hmm. was. A, I mean, Mike Conley, he's a, probably a smarter player than Russell, in my opinion, but he's not as talented as as what D'Angelo Russell is. So, yeah. um, you know, they they've lost some stuff. And then you talk about the Pelicans. The Pelicans have been really on a big slump, and now, you know. We don't know when Zion's coming back. I mean, mm-hmm. God, we have no idea. And then, um, you know, Brandon Ingram was starting to look like his old self, but he's kind of been eh of, of the last four games. So, And then the Blazers is another team I was kind of worried about because Damian Lillard, the way he's been playing has been great, but um, I really didn't... I really don't see them doing much until they get Nurkic back and mm-hmm. he's supposed to be back very soon. Obviously he didn't play today. Um, but once they get Nurkic back, that is going to be a big help for the Blazers. He is a, he's definitely a guy that they really need cause he's a guy who rebounds. He's a guy who can score. Um, and, uh, he's a really good defender as well. Uh, and you know, he's lengthy, which really helps. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, I'm very worried about the Blazers and Warriors specifically, but if those teams make it and the other teams drop, I do think the Lakers can get in. And I, I think the Lakers are a talented team, even without LeBron. I think the addition to D'Angelo Russell, now he's going to have to step up in his scoring a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want to rely on Lonnie Walker to score 20 a game. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, Dennis Schroeder is a guy who's who's proven time and time again that he's a guy who can... Uh, get a bucket when he needs to, and and I wouldn't mind putting the ball in his hands every now and then. But I I, I really do hope that um, uh, D'Angelo Russell steps up because the one thing that with LeBron being out, the one thing that's going to stay the same for the Lakers is that defense. Anthony yeah. Davis, Malik Beasley, um, Schroeder is actually pretty decent defensively. Um, Ryu Hachimura, he's very yeah. lengthy. He can guard a lot of those positions, and then Vanderbilt, of course. Mm-hmm. That guy is an absolute beast. I love that guy. Yeah. And, um, you know, he's going to, he's probably going to be a Laker next year for sure. I don't see them oh, I hope letting so. him go. So, yeah. um, anyway, I just, I, I do feel like the Lakers can't get into the plan. I felt a lot better with LeBron, of course, because of the way he was playing scoring wise and, uh, the way, you know, he, he elevates everyone else. But I do think this team is still very solid defensively. Mm-hmm. And if they lean on their defense, buckets will happen. You know, they will create some points, and eventually, um, I think they're going to be in the plan. Yeah, I agree. All right, Cody. Well, let's talk about Dame Lillard. He Dame scored seventy-one points. Seventy-one, man, that was insane. Yeah. Um, but it brought up a lot of people saying. Damian Lillard is so skilled. He's so skilled. Um, and um, he's been on the Blazers forever. They've mm-hmm. never been close to a championship. I mean, absolutely not even kind of close. I mean, they get in the playoffs and then they usually lose in the first round or they get past the first round barely. We have the the famous, you know, Damian Lillard, you know, bye bye to, right, uh, to Oklahoma wave. City Thunder, which was fantastic. Um, or you know, the pile up uh, on on Lillard, and he's just looking like mm-hmm. you know nothing's going on. Not like he just hit the game winning shot of, of of a playoff game or whatever. So you know, we've had these great moments with Damian Lillard, but it's gone nowhere. 
unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And I I believe this guy is going to be, I mean, I don't think it's any shock. I think this guy's going to be a Hall of Famer, no question. Yeah. Um, so, but I guess the, the real question is, you know, a lot of people are asking, should Damian Lillard leave Portland to go get a championship to really secure his legacy? Or do you think he should stay and stay loyal to Portland? And I mean, at least in Portland, he'll forever be remembered. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, so a part of me wants him to remain with Portland just because there's really very few players that remain with one team through the start to the end of their career nowadays. I mean, Kobe Bryant, Dirk Nowinski, uh, Tim Duncan, they're really the only ones that stand out uh, that stayed at one team Mm -hmm. from start to the end. And, you know, Dame Lillard has been in the league now for, I think, more than 10 years. I think he's on year 11 now. And with the Blazers and all iterations from playoff to not a playoff to play in, I would really love for Damian William, uh, excuse me, for Damian Lillard to stay with Portland for that part of it itself. But that's unfair to his talent to just stay in Portland. So I would say, I don't want to say regrettably, but I would love to see Damian Lillard win a championship in Portland would be better, but let's be honest, Portland's not winning a championship in the near future. I know that they traded for Jeremy Grant. They have a couple of pieces, but they're not nearly ready to win. They have so much more that is required that it would be needed to help Lillard. I think, I think it'd be best if Lillard went to a new team to win a championship just to earn it because he is one of the best players that this NBA has seen, especially in the same generation of class that, you know, players like Steph Curry is in James Harden, Damian Lillard is up in that level. If not, you know, arguments could be made that he's almost better than them, depending on the situation. I think it would be, I think it would be a a disservice if he didn't leave his career with a championship. I would say, I think I need to see him on a new team to get that championship just to solidify, you know, that he is that guy. And I think he could, I can think he he's not just a role player. He can be a guy that, you bring in to build around that's just ready to win now, not just a, a secondary piece to um, to complement the star. Like he could be the star, but the better the pieces are there that are better to make that team a championship team. So that's what I would say is I'd like to see him win a championship, but I think he's got to go elsewhere to win it. Well, I think um, for argument's sake, I'm I'm going to say Damian Lillard needs to stay. Um, you know, Kobe stayed with the Lakers. Now, the Lakers are a bigger brand, of course. Um, you know, Kobe was winning championships as well. So that helps, of course. Um, you know, you talk about... Um, oh, man, I'm totally blank. Uh, sorry, Tim, Tim Duncan. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Tim Duncan is is another guy who was you know, with the Spurs forever for his whole career. But again, he won championships. Dirk stayed with that team. That team was very close for a few years, and then they finally Mm -hmm. did win one um, against a very talented uh, Miami Heat that year. Um, So, you know, 
the the common the common denominator that I see in those is the championships. Now, having said all that, I think Charles Barkley would actually be more. And Charles Barkley is already very popular as it is. I mean, he's made a great name for himself in in uh, broadcasting, which is I think really helped his legacy as well. Mm-hmm. But I do think that if Charles Barkley would have stayed in or you know with the Suns, for example, let's say he stayed with the Suns or the 76ers, mm-hmm. I think he would be forever remembered as a guy who was very loyal. Like we still talk about in the NFL, we talk about Dan Marino. Dan Marino stayed with the Dolphins his whole career, yet mm-hmm. he never won a championship. But we talk about him as you know, he's still one of the greatest. So I do think there is a part of of that that will happen for Damian Lillard. This guy was phenomenal. We're not going to forget about Damian Lillard. At least I won't because, well, he's a Raider fan too. So, you right. know, <laughs> but, um, you know, uh, Damian Lillard is a guy who has done nothing but show up game in game, game out. Uh, he doesn't do these rest days. Um, he's a guy who's always going to play. If he's healthy, he's there. Um, and I just think it's a rare breed. It's a guy that we've seen games like this where he can score 71 points. We rem- we know the game time. I-, I mean, for God's sakes, I did it. I did it at basketball today. <laughs> I-, I was like, we were up by a lot. We were up by like, uh, I don't want to say like five or six points. So, um, which we play by one. So that's, that was pretty big. In the world um, of pickup, that's like a, that's like up by twenty. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, I just crossed half court, and I was like, "Shoot, I'm going to shoot it right here." I'm, gonna, I'm I was hot. I was yeah. hot. So I was like, "Heat check, man." So I took it and I drained it, and I just went the game time right here, baby. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, we got it." So, um, you know, it, we we all know who Damian Lillard is, um, and I think we're always going to. And I think we get enamored with places like L.A., New York, mm-hmm. uh, Miami, for example. I mean, we get enamored with these big cities. Oh, you know, if you're in this big city, you're gonna your legacy is gonna live on forever. Uh, that's true. Like, I mean, the Jets just said that they're like, we're gonna, you know, if Derek Carr comes here and wins with the Jets, he's gonna be first ballot Hall of Famer. Which I mean, I'm not gonna get into the debate, but they're not. They weren't saying that. Oh. Know, they're not saying that Derek Carr is this all-time great player. Um, you know that he's going to be, you know, viewed as the number one quarterback ever. But what they're saying is, because it's in New York and you win, aka Eli Manning, who won two Super Bowls. But we were kind of having the conversation: is is he a Hall of Famer? What the Jets are saying is, if you win in New York as a Jet, like Joe Namath, who actually has a losing record overall. Mm-hmm. And he won that one Super Bowl, and we all know the finger wave. You're you're cemented. You're done. You're in. That's what they were trying to say. So mm-hmm. it, it just it it is a little funny that everyone was like up in arms about saying about that. But I do think it's the same with Damian Lillard. I think you stay in like you stay in Portland and you show your loyalty. I think people are going to remember that for a very very long time, and especially mm-hmm. Portland. If in nowhere else, Portland, you will always be remembered. And I think 
because it's Portland, that's the other thing, is because it's such a small city, people are like, oh, no one's going to remember it was Portland. No one's going to remember that. Yes, they will because it's so random. Like, why would someone want to stay with the Portland Trailblazers their whole entire career? Well, mm-hmm. Damian Lillard did it. So that's kind of my argument. I don't think there's a right or wrong answer here. I would be glad if he left and he went and won a championship somewhere else. But I'd also be very glad if he stayed in Portland and just continues to do what he's doing. And hopefully he can win a uh, um a championship with Portland, but I'm with you. I'm just, I don't see it right now. Um, but hopefully he can, you know, uh, that mm-hmm. would be really, really, um, just great for his legacy because he's such a likable player. He's such a, he's such a player that he's not this smug jerk that he, you know, argues all these calls the whole time. Um, you know, he just plays his game and he just, mm-hmm. he's always calm. He never gets too high, never gets too low. Um, he's a phenomenal player, and I I, I hope um, that uh, the city of Portland gets to have see him uh, in a parade. I I really do. Yeah, I agree. All right, Cody. Well, let's talk about Major League Baseball. Spring training is here. I know. I bet you're so excited. Yes, I'm so I'm so psyched. All right. Um, so then. I'll 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 offer you this because I know that there's these new baseball rules. I'm I'm a casual baseball fan. I mean a fan of the Giants, but casual at best. And I know you obviously are dialed into it. So I'll pose this to you. So two things. One, what are the new rule changes um that are coming this upcoming season? Mm-hmm. And then also two primarily the clocks pitching in the batter's clock, which have already made waves on social media. What are your thoughts about that? That's going on in spring training right now. Okay. So there's three new rules. There's the pitch timer, uh, 15 seconds with bases empty 20 seconds with runners on. So those are the rules. You got to pitch within those times. Um, hitter gets one timeout per plate appearance. So must be in batter's box with, uh, eight seconds left. Mm-hmm. Pictures get two uh, disengagements, pickoff attempts, or step-offs per batter. Uh, violations are a bulk. So if you try and pick off a runner three times, the runner goes to the second no matter what. Or if he's on second, he goes to third. Sure. Uh, limits on pickoff attempts led to 26% increase in stolen base attempts in mm-hmm. the minors, which I really like because the stolen bases were non-existent mm-hmm. uh for a lot of a lot of times in like especially as a guy who plays fantasy baseball i mean you and i right. uh, stolen bases were like if you can find Gold. a guy who's steal yeah who steals like eight bases you're like oh yeah. crap that's like 16 points that i get extra from yeah. my guy um uh, and then it, like if you, especially if you play like in a rotisserie league like Oh you my could God, lead I hate that God dang league. <laughs> you, could, you, league. <laughs> you could lead the league in stolen bases with like 15 guys. stolen bases. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the pitch timer helped reduce game length by 25 minutes in the minors in 2022. So that's why they ended up doing it. Um, I really like the pitch timer. I, I know mm-hmm. this is a very unpopular opinion. I actually like it. I think I'm just, I understand the the uproar of, you know, it's a mental game. You know, mm-hmm. you want the guy in the right set of mind, blah, blah, blah. Yes, I'm with you. 
I, I understand that side. And that does suck that we're, we're taking that away. But at the same time, as someone who, you know, frequents a lot of baseball, there's a lot of downtime. There is a <laughs> lot of downtime. And especially uh, when I'm trying to get, you know, my daughter or my son into baseball, um, there's not enough action to keep them occupied. And that's the reality of the situation. If you're trying to get someone into baseball and you just watch all these little, why does this guy keep touching his hat? Why does he, uh, you know, keep rubbing the back of his neck or why does he keep right. rubbing up every baseball that he has? Why is he just standing there, you know, taking a couple of breaths and, you know, why does he step off like three times before a right. pitch? There's a lot of things. The pickoffs. I understand that the pickoffs is probably the most uh, that everyone's upset about because, you know, well, you only get two pickoffs. But listen, yeah. how many times were we really throwing guys out with pickoffs? It was just to keep the guys honest. So, yes, and sometimes it was suck. to throw off the rhythm of the batter because the guy yeah. would throw it to first baseman seven times for yeah. no reason. You know, yeah. I remember, I think when I was like in high school, I remember trying to watch baseball and get really into it. Mm. And I remember there was a pitcher. I can't even remember the teams to be honest. I think it was like an Oakland A's game. I kid you not, man, the pitcher threw eight consecutive uh, throws to first base, not even competitive, not even to try to get him out <laughs> just to throw it over there. And he's playing catch with the first baseman to keep the runner there or keep the base runner on first base. And he's not going nowhere. You know, it's not even, it's not even worthy of throwing it over. He's not yeah. like catching him. He's just, playing catch with the first baseman. It was kind of like, okay, I can't keep up with this. It's too slow. At least in the NBA, you can't hack a shack anymore, which is yeah. a rule they got rid of many, many years ago because teams would just foul the worst foul shooter and yep. just have them shoot free throws. And it slowed the game down. So they got rid of yep. that. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, I'm, I gotta be honest. I'm all for it. I, I really don't see the harm in it. Um, I understand it takes some nuances out of the game that I grew up watching and I, and I loved and, you know, but at the same time, it really helps scoring because if a runner is on base and they steal a base and now they're in running and now they're in scoring position. Mm -hmm. Um, I know a lot of people didn't like the ghost runner, but in the regular season, I, I have no problem with it. To be honest, I don't, I don't think it really changes your wins or loss record all that much to really matter to be perfectly honest. And again, I think that's a, a very unpopular opinion to a lot of people, but at the same time, I'm not going to go to a game on a Wednesday night in the middle of the week. Um, you know, deciding to take my kids there and I'm there until midnight because they're in extra innings. They're in inning 16 and uh, no one scored since, you know, the seventh inning. And I just, I don't think that is all and it's only that one, interesting. And it's only a one, a one game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I don't think it's, it's all that great of an idea. Now, if baseball was just on the weekends, mm -hmm. then all right, now we can have a conversation, but it's every single day. Baseball is every single day, 162 games. They should, I mean, in my opinion, they should lower the games a little bit. I don't think we need to be having 162 games. But if you don't want to get rid of games, then you need to speed things up. And I think mm -hmm. that's what MLB is doing, and I think they're doing fine.
Yeah. The other rule changes, the shift restrictions, I'm all for it. I, I'm so done with the shift because I just think it's like, I remember old baseball where it was, you know, you set up where you set up and you had to, and I know everyone was like, well, you got to learn how to hit opposite field. You got to learn how to hit opposite field. Okay. But like in the nineties, you're not watching these these teams run a shift on everyone. You never right. had a shift on Barry Bonds, you know, which probably should have because he didn't really hit in the left field all that much. So, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's it just, everyone is like, Oh, you need to learn how to, you need to learn how to hit to the opposite field. I get it. I get it. I'm that same way. I'm like, if you're a major league baseball player, you're getting paid millions. You should at least know how to hit. If you're a left-handed hitter, you should know how to hit to left field. Like it shouldn't be all that hard. But again, <laughs> baseball, especially hitting a baseball, is one of the hardest things to do in sports. Yeah, one of no the doubt. hardest things. So to tell a guy, oh, just hit an opposite field, yeah, that's easier said than done. Mm-hmm. So in my humble opinion, the shift restrictions I like because not only is it going to create more base hits, but guys like Cody Bellinger, for example, a guy who was this tremendous player, but then the shift was really popular. He couldn't get a hit to save his life. Now I think it might actually help him a little bit to kind of um, get out of the shift. Now, they still can shift. They mm-hmm. just, you know, the shortstop second base really can't go past a certain point or first and third if you want to do that. They can't really, like, move to a certain position. So it's not like they got rid of the shift altogether. They just said, okay, you can't, your second baseman can't be playing Left field. Basically left field. Yeah. Yeah. You know, or, you know, right field, whatever it is. So I don't know. I, I, I actually like these, um, you know, I, I, I'm all for them because it's going to create more for baseball. So, and then the final one, where is the bigger bases? I am so amazed at the, the outrage of the bigger bases. I think it's kind of hysterical. I don't see the big deal in it. We've had Mm -hmm. so many guys get hurt running to the base, tripping over some guy. Um, I just think that's really what that was for. I don't really think it was meant to, oh, you know, it'll create more base runners or, you know, I, I just think it's, they're it's just safe. trying to, yeah, I think they're just trying to add a little bit. And I, I know there's going to be some Joe Schmo who's going to be on here and be like, oh, I, you, you don't understand, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, listen, I, I played baseball. So I understand, you know, I don't see what the big deal was with the bases. There was, I always thought there was plenty of room, but mm-hmm. we've seen it multiple times where guys important like big time players have gotten mm-hmm. hurt just running to first. And maybe it's because of the bases. Maybe it's because they tripped over someone. I don't know, but I really don't care. I don't think the big bases really add to it all that much. I just, I, I just don't. I don't see it really mattering all that much. And I'm, I'm looking at the stats. It says distance reduced by three inches from home to first and home to third. Um, reduced by four and a half inches from first to second and second to third. So stolen bases are going to be even more prevalent because of the bigger bases. Oh, my God. Please don't do that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Get out of here. Uh, bigger bases reduce injury events. Oh, I think Andrew just said that. Uh, near the bases by more than 13% in the minors yeah. last year. So it to me, it's more of a safety thing. I don't have a problem with it. I don't think it's that big of a deal. So those are my think, thoughts on the new, on the new uh, uh, 
uh, rules. We are supported by FNX Fit. FNX is a workout and supplement company that is committed to creating innovative supplements of the highest quality. FNX has high quality protein powders, creatine, and pre-workout supplements. FNX has also got amazing workout gear such as tees and tanks, an essential joggers line, and of course, shaker bottles. Not only is FNX Fit selling great products, but they have an even better message. FNX has launched their live program with every FNX order they are donating a portion of each product bought and helping deliver clean drinking water in countries of need. Go to the special link in the description below and use our promo code DREWCODE15 to get 15% off your purchase when you use our link. And don't forget, we become greater when we rise together. I think the same people that are arguing about the larger bases which how much are they getting bigger? Four inches? Is that right? Six inches? Three inches. Oh, excuse me, less three inches. <laughs> For most, that might be a lot, I guess. But uh, the the same people that are probably arguing that are probably the same ones that are upset that the NFL took out uh, helmet to helmet hits and added in the concussion protocol for for health and safety. You know, they're probably yeah. the same folks that are arguing about that. I'm going to be honest as a casual fan, I'm going to be more excited now to watch because maybe the game will be a little bit faster. Honestly, too, for those, it might be a little bit easier to explain than the whole arbitrary of like, well, why are they doing a shift? Why does he have to keep throwing it over there 1,700 <laughs> times and yeah. nothing happens? I don't know. That's just baseball. You know, now it's a little easier. This guy only has two opportunities to throw him out if he wants, or he has to pitch the ball in X amount of time. And the batter cannot just stand out waiting. He's got to get in the box at a certain time. And if he tries yeah. to call time that's not legitimate, then it's either an automatic strike or they don't accept it. I actually think that's makes it more fun. Add in more chaos to the world of baseball. Baseball is so like restricted to unfun at some moments and then like really odd rules with no explanation and no context. So the fact that there's actually some like black and whiteness to the gray area, I think is really interesting. And I'm actually now curious to see how the season's going to go with all these new rule changes. Cause in the minor or not in the minor leagues in spring ball, or spring training, excuse me, where we saw Manny Machado take a strike one because he didn't get in the batter's box quick enough. And then we saw a batter basically get called on a strike three because he didn't get in the batter box quick enough on bases loaded full count, which yeah. was absolutely funny. And then the oh, I was like, what do you want so me to do? You know, the rules, like, I don't know why you're getting upset. Like, you know, to get in the box at this time. So, yeah, which is hilarious, by the way, because so many people were so upset about that. And I was like, first of all, it's spring training. This yeah. is why they're doing it in spring training. And they told the umps, hey, be really, really strict about it. And let's see what happens. So what they're trying to do is they are trying to get these players to get used to it. So come regular season, now you're used to it. Hey, I got to be in the box now. And then you're not having the issues of ninth inning, bases loaded, where the batter's got to get into the box and he doesn't get in time and you strike three. And you know what? If that's what happens, that's your fault. You yeah. can get all upset all you want. You can get really mad. Oh, the, the batter has no time. Listen, it actually makes the game more interesting because now you're going to see the smart players or mm -hmm. the guys who really do their homework, they're going to be like, all right, I know what I got to do. You know, I know. I think you overthink. I think it actually might be better because yeah. as a hitter, I remember like going up to the plate 
you know, seeing the first picture. Okay, that was a fastball. So he's probably going to want to do, you know, I'm going to look for another fastball on the second pitch. Then he throws me a curveball. So I'm watching that one. I'm like, okay, fastball, curveball. Um, I think I've seen that he has a change up. Maybe he'll go back to the fastball, try and get me, and then he's going to pull the string on me. So I'm going to look uh-huh. fastball. That takes a long time to really think about, okay, he could go this way, could go that way. And so you're constantly thinking about, okay, you know, is he going to go inside again? He Maybe he saw how, how much I struggled. So I'm going to kind of cheat to the inside, you know, stuff like that. So, yeah, you will think about that stuff, but now you, it's accelerated. Now mm-hmm. you kind of have to like, okay, I'm going to look for this. If it's not there, whatever. Yeah. And here's the thing. It's 162 games. Yeah. So if you strike out on a guy, you're probably going to see him three more times in the year. And you'll remember, oh, I struck out on this big show. I'm going to wait for that one. Or I, I know what he wants to do on this situation. Or I've watched my film. So I just think you have to be more prepared now, which I think is yeah. great. Uh, pictures are going to have to, you know, in real time, just be like, all right, I'm just going to see what he does with this pitch. You know, maybe try a few more things. And yes, we'll, our ERA is probably going to go up this year. Mm-hmm. Probably. Honestly, yes. But at the same time, I think it's going to be fun. It's going to be interesting because the best of the best pictures are still going to be dominant and the best of the best hitters are still going to be fine. So I, I, yeah. I, there's going to be some changes, probably higher scoring. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but there might be more strikeouts too, which is going to be great for a picture. So I don't know. I just, I don't have an issue with this to be perfectly honest. I can't wait until we get to like the hump, the hunt for October and it's like cost games. So <laughs> I can't wait till like April for April 5th where people are like, I can't believe they called a strike. He wasn't in the box because there were seven seconds. You know, the rules just do it. Like, it's not that hard. I understand we've been accustomed and I guarantee you there's going to be some leeway in the regular season In the spring sure. training. They, like I said, they're going to be super strict because they want to make sure that they ingrain into these players. Hey, this is what you have to do. You need to be in the box at this time. The picture needs to be set ready at this time. And that ball has got to be out before the clock is triple zero. I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but yeah. I know everyone's going to flip out, whatever. Eventually we're going to look back in five years from now and we're not even going to be like, oh, whatever it, you know, we're going to have a couple of here and there. We're like, Oh, I can't believe you do that at a big game like that. But listen, <laughs> sports, what's great about sports is it's not perfect. Yeah. It's the, the imperfection, the, 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 the human error. And now um, I think this actually adds to human error. I don't think this is mm-hmm. more like, I think a lot of people are looking at it from a technology standpoint. But this is more like if you're a batter, you're not in the box within eight seconds, then then that's human error. You messed up. That's right. not on the ump. That's not on the other team. That's not it's it's on you. Mm-hmm. And I just think people can't come to grips with that, which is funny. Sounds like baseball. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, Cody. Final segment of the night, and I which- couldn't be more excited about this um so cody you and i i've been really into formula one the last uh three years now Mm -hmm. uh yes of course for all you you know super fans of formula one who's known it your whole life congratulations you knew about formula one before 
I did. I, I don't think it matters. Anyway. Right. Um, <laughs> but the show Drive to Survive came out. Um, I, God, I, oh, it was, it was one of my podcasts that I was listening to. They were, and then it was like two other podcasts that I was listening to. It was like three podcasts. And I was like, okay, I got to watch this show because like everyone's talking about it. It's fantastic. Now they're like all into the sport. So I was like, all right, I gotta, I gotta know what's this, what this is about. So I watched the show and my wife was watching like a few episodes with me here and there. And she was like, this is really good. And I was like, what, what did you just Uh say to me? Like double take, you know? And she was like, this is really cool. This is really interesting. Why is he, why is he going over there? Why are they like flipping out? So I was like kind of explaining and I was like, and she was like, wow. Can you like start the episode over again? I was like, yeah. <laughs> so, um, and like my wife, I think she watched like season three with me or whatever, but she had never watched, you know, season one, season two. So we actually just recently went back because we knew that season five was coming out. Mm-hmm. So we were watching all that and, um, and she was, she's in love with it and she's super excited. We've, we've been watching Formula One. We literally set our alarms for the 6 a.m. races or the 7 a.m. races on Sunday, get up, we're just laying in bed, and we're watching racing. And what's great about the race is it's basically about an hour and a half. There's no commercials. It's not like NASCAR where there's 500 laps, so they're like, we're going to come back on lap you know, 387. And you're like, oh, God, please. <laughs> no more. Just end it. <laughs> so with this, with Formula One, I mean, every track is different. You know, there's a different amount of laps, but, you you know, like formula one has been we i mean like we were waking up we were we were we were all into it i mean we're dog tired i mean we're just like barely watching it with our squinted eyes and all that but we love it and it's like 50 you might get 50 laps you might get 70 laps whatever it is um and they have like these sprint qualifiers which are like usually like 20 laps um and it just sets up your position for the race on sunday but they take some of the laps from the sprint and it kind of already adds to um and and this is going to be a little confusing for you that you're going to learn this as it goes on but um they take a sprint qualifier which is like sometimes like 20 maybe a little less than uh 20 laps and it's like a mini race basically and then it, it sets your position up for race day but you also get points for that sprint race. So like if you're in first place, you'll get like eight points. And it, so typically if that race was like 70 laps, so, and then they decide to do a sprint race or sprint qualifier and they do like 20, they usually bring down the laps to like 55 or something like that. So you get, you get laps kind of, um, kind of in a way like serve time, is is the best way I can describe it. Um, And, um, and then you also get points for, you know, uh, driver's championship and constructors championship. So my wife and I for the last three years have woken up and try to watch as many races as we could. We were super excited for the Miami race because it was the first year that they did it last year. And it was, it was really cool. Uh, There was some driving conditions that probably weren't great. Uh, The track wasn't fantastic. So hopefully they fix that this year. But the race that I'm really looking forward to this year, they're going to have a Las Vegas race on the Strip. They're literally going to be going 200 miles 
per hour down the, the Vegas Strip, which is just fantastic. Oh my gosh! Um, so that'll be really fun. They have a really sharp turn. There's one where you gotta like almost make a U-turn, basically. So that's gonna be really interesting as well. So uh, this is gonna be a really fun year. Um, I think this is the most races that they've had uh, in Formula One because they added a couple. Now they also got rid of like they got the Russian they got rid of the Russian Grand Prix ever since uh, Russia attacked Ukraine. Oh, um, did they get rid of? I think there was a there was a a race in China. I don't think they have it anymore. I can't. I'm blinking right now. But anyway, we just we've been really excited. We we really are into Formula One. So, and I've been trying to get Cody into it for a mm-hmm. long time. Um, and he was like, yeah, yeah, I know. I got at least two years, I think at least. Yeah. And you finally caved and you're like, all right, I'm going to watch it. I know the season's coming out, so I'll try it. I'll see how it is. And you were like, after on episode three, I was hooked. Yeah. (laughs) And so, um, I'm glad that you're into it now. This is going to be a really fun season because I don't think, uh, I know there's a lot of people who are saying like Red Bull is going to win it all. Mm-hmm. Uh, Max Verstappen is probably going to be, um, you know, the winner again this year, uh, the driver's championship. But I do think the gap has closed a little bit as much as everyone wants to, you know, dump on Ferrari for all their mistakes last year for all their mistakes. They were still had a really fast car. And at times they had a faster car than Red Bull. Mm-hmm. So I don't think Ferrari is that far off. Now, they did just lose their um, uh, their head. Uh, oh principal. man, I, yeah, the head principal uh, in Bonotto. He's he's gone. He kind of stepped back, but they took the guy from uh, Alfa Romeo, and oh. uh, they got him um, as as their uh, head principal now. So it'll wow. be interesting to see. I and I think he's actually really talented. He just was not on a um, all that talented car. Uh, at Alfa Romeo. So this will be really interesting. I do actually think that uh, Ferrari is going to be very, very uh, good this year. I think Mercedes, they finally have fixed their porpoising issues that they had last year, which you haven't watched season five yet. You're going to learn about all the issues that they had last year. I was going to say, spoiler alert for season five if you haven't watched it. Well, I mean, yeah, but I mean, you, we're we're going to do this season, so you kind of have to know what's no, going I know. on. <laughs> I know. But, I mean, and even still, with all those issues, Mercedes was somewhat still very competitive. Um, I mean, they almost got second place uh, over Ferrari. So there's there's a lot of... Um, I know it's, it's a fall from grace to a lot of people because, you know, they were number one for eight straight years. Um, and then, you know, they came down to earth. So... This will be interesting to say the least for sure this season because I do think even the midfield I think is going to be really talented. Um, and I don't see too many like dumpster fire teams. I mean, I there's probably going to be the usuals. I think Williams is probably still going to be uh, towards the bottom. Um, I would actually argue that Alfa Romeo may possibly. Um, I heard there was a lot of predictions. I don't think they're going to be like nine or eight or nine. I think they could be closer to like seven or six, but I, I don't think they can make it to six to be perfectly honest. I think they're closer to seven or eight, but I know that might be a, a big uh, thing, but 
Anyway, I just there there's a lot that's going to go on this year. So I kind of wanted to do some predictions, Cody, for Formula One this year okay. uh, to start the season. So maybe it'll make you a little more into uh, waking up at 7 a.m., 6 a.m. 7 a.m. is actually not as bad. The 6 a.m. ones are pretty rough. Yeah. There are going to be some races that they'll be like, like 4.30 a.m., which is, is rough. <laughs> but but uh, sometimes you're like, okay, I'm going to wake up at 5, so I'll wake up mid-race. <laughs> but the, the hard part is it, the first lap is always one of the most interesting laps because yeah. um, that's where everyone starts same I mean, almost the same spot. I mean, obviously they have your positions, but um, you got to come out firing right away. The first uh, chicane, as they say, mm-hmm. um, or first turn is always the most interesting. Even the second turn can be just as impressive. Um, usually halfway through the lap is when, you know, okay, you're starting to see how everyone's going to set up. And then uh, there's some overtaking here and there. But yeah, the first lap is always usually the most interesting. So. Those four thirty, uh, those four thirty races. It's tough to wake up, but man, you don't want to miss the first lap at least, because then you, you like come in the middle of it, and they're like, "Oh, you know, you should have saw Charles Leclerc. He was in P three, and he just busted out of there and got for P one right in the first <laughs> chicane." And you're like, "Oh my gosh, what did I miss?" <laughs> Sometimes there's like this huge crash, and you're like, "Dang it, <laughs> wanted to see that." So, a lot of interesting stuff. So. Cody, if you want to ask it first, if you don't feel comfortable answering them first, that's fine. Or if you want me to ask you, if you feel comfortable enough, um, you know, we'll just go right into it. Whatever you feel more comfortable with. Let's just dive right in. So ask your questions and I'll answer it the best of okay. to my knowledge. Okay, so let's, let's start with this one because I think uh, this is the more interesting one. Um, who do you think in 2023 do you believe is going to win the driver's championship this year? Okay. Well, from all that you've told me and just to preference to everybody, I'm only up to season four, but obviously drew has caught me up to a lot of it and I'm on F one site right now. So I can see all that's kind of going on. So I think what makes this tough is obviously Verstappen had a phenomenal season. If I'm looking at these records correctly and I'll find out in season five, but as I'm looking at it, he, basically podiumed like at least 15 times out of the 20 something races that was there. Like he was, it looked like he was nearly unstoppable. If he was out there, if he was out on the racetrack, he podiumed. Right. If he crashed or there was something wrong with the car, he did not, he obviously didn't. So, but when he was racing, he was on podium. Yeah. He had a phenomenal year. So, but I do think though that Lewis Hamilton though, seven-time champion, I think that he's going to probably win out and be the top driver just because I don't think he's going to have another season where he doesn't be the top guy again. I think, too, because I think, and again, I'm going back into seasons just because it's the most recent thing I've seen. In season three, he had faced a lot of adversity. Um, I'm not sure quite in season four, but I'm imagining because he didn't win the driver's um, championship that, you know, he's probably saw a lot of adversity on the track and he's going to want to make that up. And I don't think that he's going to duplicate it from season five into now. So I do see Lewis Hamilton taking back his title as being the top driver. 
And I, I just don't see Mercedes going two years in a row. Now, granted, the competition, as what you had said, Drew, has closed on Mercedes, which is why you see Red Bull driver basically overtaking uh, Hamilton. So yeah. I do think that, you know, the gap between the talent is a lot closer. But, I mean, Red Bull, you got to wonder, can uh, you know, will the same magic that Verstappen has created in last season will it continue and a lot of people now are going to be gunning for him which means hamilton's best is now going to come out and i think too with hamilton's experience mercedes's car in general just the way that they put together a well driving machine i think hamilton will have a resurgence in this upcoming season i think he would he's going to go back to the mountaintop so to speak in in the driver's cup Everybody, it's Cody with Drew Code Sports Talk. We want to give a special shout out to SeatGeek for sponsoring our podcast. SeatGeek is a ticketing app that takes the confusion out of buying tickets. SeatGeek is known for using a zero to 10 scale when you're purchasing tickets to let you know if you're getting a good deal or a bad deal. And it lets you know right at the time of purchase. And right now they're giving our listeners $20 off when you use our promo code DrewCode at the time of checkout. So go to the link in the description or download the app. Don't forget to use our promo code DrewCode to get $20 off your first order. And we hope to see you at the next game. I um as I man I want to say Lewis Hamilton so bad. I mean, I obviously I'm wearing a Mercedes hat as you can see there uh which I bought from the Formula 1 um uh Fanatics site and um which I'm I I'm in love with this hat. Like it's it's fantastic. But anyway, I'm a big Mercedes fan, a huge Lewis Hamilton fan. I want, I think he is going to have a great year. I think he's going to be a lot better this year, but I just think specifically just watching like testing and it's kind of hard to just go off testing. It's like, it's like going off of like spring training, like, Oh, you know, the, the reds are phenomenal right now. And it's like, yeah. okay, well, yeah, when the regular season comes, they're going to be, you know, last place. Um, which I'm not saying I actually think that, but anyway, um, <laughs> uh, but it's a possibility, but, but it is a possibility. <laughs> um, but I, I really like Lewis Hamilton. I think Mercedes has fixed a lot of their issues that they had last year, but I think just, especially after like seeing a lot of the testing and stuff, the Red Bull was far superior to everyone else. Like Ferrari had some good runs. Mercedes had some really good runs. Um, oh, who was the other Williams was a really surprisingly good, uh, run here. So there was a lot of, there was a lot of, you know, Hey, this, this, you know, they, they look pretty good. Mercedes could be in the running back. I just think that Red Bull was just that much superior. And the only issue I, I could foresee is the Checo Max Verstappen thing that they have going, um, you know, which unfortunately Drive to Survive does not talk about, which I'm really kind of upset about. But I do know that they were trying to make it more driver friendly. You know, they wanted to make sure that all the drivers felt good about everything. And so, of course, you know, I'm sure Verstappen and Checo said, yeah, we don't want to talk about it. I'm sure Christian Horner as well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's there's um, I think there still is some friction there because it it was towards the end of the year. Uh, I think it was the second to last race that it happened. And then they had the last race. Um, and it, you know, it didn't really matter because Mercedes and Ferrari were basically fighting for second. 
And so I think there's going to be some dynamic. And I think the other issue that you're going to see with Red Bull is there's Daniel Ricciardo waiting in the wings. He's the third driver. He's the reserve driver. So, you know, if Checo does, you know, Checo, if something falls through, just not even if there's an injury, not if there's a sickness, whatever it may be, if they feel like Checo is not getting the points that he should be getting, then they could take him out and keep Daniel Ricciardo. Uh, I could see that because it, there's no question that Verstappen is the number one driver there. And I feel like it's a little unfortunate because I do feel like Perez should be getting some wins. Like he could have got one last year, but Verstappen refused. Um, and I just think that it's there, there's an issue that we don't really know about now it could be squashed who knows but i do feel like that it, there's going to be something that could boil over like if perez is getting like fifth and he's not getting higher than that i could actually even though it sounds it sounds crazy i could actually see um you know red bull being like you know what we're just going to put daniel ricardo in which sounds insane but red bull has been notorious if you're not getting podium, especially with Verstappen and the car that they have right now, they're going to be even more stingy. So mm-hmm. um, I, I do think Max Verstappen, unfortunately, <laughs> I'm not a huge fan of him, but I do <laughs> think he is going to uh, win the Drivers' Championship. I just think that car is, is very, very good. So, All right, Cody. So who's going to win the Constructors' Championship? Wow. So I'm looking at previous season and it looks like obviously Red Bull had a comfortable lead Ferrari Mercedes right behind them. So I, I, here's what makes it tough. Verstappen is such a great driver and I think it's universal that not a lot of people like what he does, but I mean, he, he generates results, which is why Red Bull of course signed him to that long, that long contract when he first came into the, to the grid. So I I think that obviously, in my opinion, I think Red Bull will repeat as constructors. But I would say there's a team that I would say is a sleeper that could, besides Mercedes, that probably could give them a run for their money. And I'm actually saying, I think Ferrari could give them a run for their money. So I'm I'm a huge Carlos Sainz fan. I really like him. I also like Charles Leclerc. Um, Yeah. They call, think, they basically say it like Charles Leclerc, but it's Charles Leclerc. That's yeah. what I've Le, heard. Leclerc is a fantastic driver, in my opinion. I think he's like one of the best natural drivers. I like signs. I think he's very underrated. I told this to you on our Marco Polo that there's something about him that I really like. He's a very good driver. Uh, he showed a lot of promise when he was with McLaren. And since he came, I haven't seen all of it, but from what it looks like, he's done pretty well at Ferrari. He's still there. So yeah. I think though that, with their progression. And I think that two driver combination, I think they could surprise a lot of people. And I, again, I'm going to say, I think Red Bull will probably repeat just because I don't see a lot of jockeying from Mercedes quite yet, even though I think Lewis Hamilton could win the, the driver's championship. So I do think that Red Bull will probably repeat, even though Lewis Hamilton, I think, will win the Drivers' Championship. But I would not be surprised. And again, I'm saying dark horse. I think Ferrari has a pretty good shot at jockeying, at least for the 
for the number one uh, spot for the constructors. In my opinion, I just think that their progression has gone enough to where I think this is probably the time to where they can make the best push for the, for the top spot. Um, I don't hate it. I do think that Ferrari is going to be very competitive. As I had already said, you're right. I, Carlos sign Carlos signs is so underrated. Um, but you know, Charles Leclerc, whether they want to believe, whether they want to say it or not, Charles Leclerc is their, is their number one driver. And they're going to put him over Charles, uh, Carlos signs every single time. If they get a chance. Now, there was a there's in season five, you'll kind of see like where basically signs is like, no, we're not going to do this today. And he kind of just like does his own thing, which was great. But at the same time, you're like, Ooh, I don't know, but it worked out for him. But at the same time, like, you know, we'll see how, how the new team principal is going to handle that. Um, but I do think that Ferrari, I like that team principal. I think he's actually really, really good. Um, I mean, he was Alfa Romero was six in constructors championship last year with pretty much an an uncompetitive car. Like to me, that's very impressive. Um, so now with him going to Ferrari in a very competitive car, a lot of people said that you know it looks really good still. Uh, a lot of the issues that they had last year were kind of more the mental issues where you know the strategy was just kind of their problem so and i think he's pretty good about his strategies so i really do feel like this is going to be a really good year for ferrari but again as i said i think red bull is just so much superior than anyone else um i i really want to say mercedes again but i do think that red bull is just that much more talented i think checo is super i think he's one of the most talented drivers and unfortunately he's a number two i think literally anywhere else except for probably Ferrari and Mercedes, he would be the number one driver. Um, and I, I do believe that. I know people are probably yelling at me like, what about McLaren? He wouldn't be over Norris. I think he would. I think he's, he's made, um, he's done some really good things, um, in his years and he's only improved every single year he's been in formula one. So, um, including last year, he was scoring a ton of points and in a great car, he's, He's going to be phenomenal. Um, and then, as I said, Max Verstappen as well. I think he's, I don't think Verstappen is going to win as big as he did last year. I don't think that's going to be the thing. I mean, what did he win? Almost by, <laughs> almost like 150 point, more points than Charles Leclerc. I don't think it's going to be that this year. I do think, like I said, I do think Ferrari is going to be more competitive. Red Bull is going to be more competitive. Uh, you mean like, uh, Sergio Perez, I mean, excuse me. And I do think Mercedes is going to be more competitive. So I don't think it's going to be as as uh, huge of a lead for Verstappen, but I do think um, that both Verstappen and Checo are, are going to um, outduel everyone else because I do think that Ferrari has had some engine problems the last couple of years as well. So I do think there's going to be some races where they're just completely out. Uh, Mercedes, if they got everything fixed, then I do think they could really put it to Red Bull and possibly challenge them. But at the same time, I just think Red Bull, the last couple of years, have really, really improved that car uh, phenomena. And the the one thing that I keep seeing, that I keep hearing, is um, is that 
Red Bull is so fast on the straights and that's kind of an issue. So I just think that Red Bull, unfortunately, again, as much as I want to say Mercedes, I do think Red Bull is the, um, is the one that's going to win. All right. So I'm going to leave the floor open to you. This will be our last thing. Who do you think, what is a one surprise thing or one thing you really feel is going to happen in this season this year? Lots of crashes, I think. Um, and I'm just kidding. That's pretty obvious. Um, yeah. Every race I, probably. Yeah. You know what? I'm, I gotta be honest. I'm not sure how to answer only because I haven't really seen a full formula one season. I actually, one of the things that blows my mind is the fact that free agency talks happens like literally week one <laughs> of a current season, <laughs> then they declare where they're going. So it's kind of like when you give a two week notice to a job and you still work at that job, everyone knows you're out the door, but you're still there until like the very end. That's always kind of interesting. And to me, I actually like that fascination of it, but uh, I'm curious to see, you know, what happens with, um, with the two top, I would say the top three teams in, you know, Mercedes, Red Bull, you know, depending on who you want to ask, maybe it's a uh, Ferrari or it could be, you know, McLaren or one of the other, um, uh, mid levels, but I think what we'll see, we'll see how the leadership is. We'll see who has the best engineering. I think, um, especially if Red Bull is already touted as you know the overall favorite, it's probably because they just rebuilt an engine that got them the victory last season. And so, can Mercedes, who has been a engineering juggernaut for the last seven seasons up till last year, can they get back to their old? Uh, old ways and you know I think one of the things that it, I think one of the things I'm seeing is the two top teams in Red Bull and Mercedes have one thing in common they stick to one driver foundationally and they continue to work with said driver they may change the second driver but Verstappen there's no doubt that he's he is just a great driver and he's only gotten better throughout the season Lewis Hamilton is arguably the best driver in formula one and has the most wins of course within formula one. And the two common denominators is they're the both essentially the longest ones racing with the same team. They don't jump around a lot. And those two teams take care of the main driver. That's going to get them the points and the victories. And then they worry about the rest. And I'm curious to see how that relationship continues because Lewis Hamilton looks like he's somebody that could, break through the break through what he um, hit the ceiling, so to speak, like that he hit last year. Yeah. And for Stefan, you got to think that like this, this peak is going to dive down a little bit. There's no way that he could hit to where he's essentially podium. What is it? 18 out of 23 times or whatever the number was um, and continue that. Like that's a lot of, I mean, yeah, he's a great driver, but that's also a lot of luck maybe that plays into it, you know, th things of other drivers that don't go his way. So, I mean, we'll see. I think this will be a very interesting season. Um, and I'm actually super excited to check it all out so I can be a little bit more definitive in my response. But um, I think they'll this will be a very interesting season with a lot of redemption stories that are due to take place this season. So. So I think my bold prediction is I kind of have this feeling and I could be completely off and I'm just going to 
going to go for it here is I think there's going to be a three-way, um, not a tie, but a three-way uh, fight for fourth place in the Constructors' Championship. I think Red Bull, uh, Mercedes, and Ferrari are going to be the top three. Um, I do think Mercedes is going to get second. I know that could be kind of controversial as it is, but I think uh, we'll see how Ferrari does. But I do think that Mercedes um, has the knowledge of getting back to their old ways where Ferrari has kind of struggled to get back to what they were on, you know, up on top. Now it's like, we talk about Ferrari, like they were like ninth place last year, but they were second. So they were really good, but there was a lot of mistakes they made. So we'll see if they can get rid of those. I really do think Alpine is going to be fighting for fourth. I think Aston Martin is actually going to be fighting for fourth. And this is going to be surprising. And I think a lot of people probably will be up in arms about this one, but I kind of think Haas might be in a fight for fourth place. I know a lot really? of people are like, McLaren, what about McLaren? Listen, I think McLaren is talented, but we don't know what to expect with Oscar Piastri. He's like this, you know, top driver coming in, but he is a rookie. So mm -hmm. rookies tend to try and overcompensate or try and cut corners a little quicker to kind of show off what they can do. And that's where accidents happen. So I think, you know, there's going to be a lot of times where he's kind of in the wall. Um, but, you know, obviously Lando Norris, he's talented. But again, like I said, I mean, it, I don't think McLaren was all that was all that uh, talented last year. I think they had a lot of issues. So um, I kind of see that continuing. I don't think they're going to I don't think they got better, to be perfectly honest. And Haas has actually was had a competitive car. Uh, Mick Schumacher crashed a lot. Mm -hmm. He crashed a ton, and you're going to see it in season five. Schumacher was just constantly destroying these cars. Um, so now, without him, they have Kevin Magnuson, who's a very talented driver, and then they're going to add. Now they've added Nico Hulkenberg. <laughs> I just love saying that. Anyway, I they added you. they add Nico Hulkenberg. And this guy is very talented. I don't think he's a guy who may end up on podiums that, that much, but he's a guy who's not going to be dumb and, you know, try and overtake when there's no way he's going to overtake it. He's not going to try and, you know, cut a corner here. He's just, he's going to race his car. And I think Haas, we're going to be looking at him and we're going to be like, well, I, I do think they'll probably end up like six, possibly seventh like i could see mm -hmm. mclaren possibly being better but i i just to make a bold projection i think Haas is actually going to be pretty somewhat competitive and i think they're going to be in a race for fourth okay well so far in season four they don't look like anything but yeah. that's you know just what i've observed yeah I've observed, they have so. they honestly do have a really good car um and they're trying to cut costs wherever they can like aka their drivers um, but their drivers are experienced guys, but like Hulkenberg wasn't in the, wasn't on the grid for the last couple of years. So him coming back actually, you know, he's probably cheaper and he's very experienced. So they know he can, he can drive in formula one and then Magnuson, same thing. They brought him back. So it'll be interesting, man. I, I, I honestly, 
I know it's it sounds crazy, but I I really just I have high hopes for Haas, and maybe it's because it's the only American or AKA the American team, even though like they say their headquarters are in North Carolina, but they literally do everything in England. But right. um, anyway, I just I do really feel like um, you know I hope Haas is competitive. I do hope that um, Alpine can really I really like Alpine I think I Pierre Gasly is one of my favorite guys uh yeah, on that show good. so I really do root for him a lot and um you know Esteban Ocon who's going to be on Alpine as well um and then as I said Aston Martin they added Fernando Alonso and that car looks even better so Alonso being on a competitive team is pretty dangerous I just think Lance Stroll is going to kind of drag him down a little bit he's still dragging him down yes at least he's consistent. No, no, he wasn't bad last year. He had some pretty good races, but um, I just don't think he's as good as like a Fernando Alonso. So, all right, well, that is it, folks. Thank you so much for joining us. Sorry, I had a ton of technical issues for some random reason. So, um, <laughs> anyway, thank you guys so much for for joining. Uh, we really do appreciate it. Go check us out on all of our social media sites: Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And also YouTube, uh, subscribe, you know, like, comment, whatever it is. Uh, we always want to hear from you guys, so please. Oh, and TikTok. I don't think I said TikTok. Sorry. Um, well, now you did. Yeah, now I did, and I said it twice. Um, <laughs> so the, go check us out on all those. So on yeah. The clock app. What the clock app? The clock app. TikTok. Clock app. Clock oh my app. god, that was such a dad joke, and it was the stupidest dad joke I've ever heard. Don't don't talk for the rest of the episode here. Um, I gotta close this at the end. So how am I nope, supposed to do that? No, nope, I'm not throwing it to you. It's just we're gonna end <laughs> anyway. Uh, thank you guys so much for the support. Uh, you know, li- whether you listen on the podcast, watch on YouTube, you know, fo- just follow us on social media. Uh, whatever it is, we do appreciate all the love and support that you guys have shown us uh, throughout the years that we've been doing this. So we do appreciate that, and we appreciate if you have subscribed. If you haven't please subscribe uh also we would we would really like the uh rate and review if it's a five star you know we obviously prefer that but if it's a one star please let us know what you didn't like and that way we can uh get better um and so we we appreciate all that um and i'm gonna throw it over to cody because i don't think i mean i'm not gonna really say who i guess i should say our sponsors huh you probably should yeah. all right well it's on the screen so i just i get like the screen that no one can see and right it's now. and it's on our description as an audio part as an audio okay, podcast. whatever you you talk me into it are you happy anyway yeah first of all go check out seat geek uh if you use our link in the description um or in our like social media website uh anything like that you know go go to the click on our um on our links for uh, SeatGeek. And if you actually order your first order, well, you will get $20 off of that first order. So please use SeatGeek. It's a great company, of course, where you can, you know, concerts, not just sporting events, but, you know, anything really that <laughs> that you can pay money for tickets, you can buy on SeatGeek. So uh, go check them out. Also, go check out our um, partners over at Fanatics. Uh, they always have deals, man. That's where I bought this hat, which I really love. 
Uh, and then I actually found out it came from England. So that was like, I was like, oh, special. Probably from Silverstone. It probably touched Silverstone air. Oh, my, oh God. my God. Anyway. Easy, bud. Easy. <laughs> anyway. So, uh, you know, go check them out where you can get F1 gear if you want. NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, whatever it is. You can go get all that gear. They have a ton of stuff. Um, anything you can probably put any kind of logo on, they have. Like, I've seen weird, random things that they have, and you would never expect it, but you're like, you know what? I might still buy it. So <laughs> go check them out. They have great stuff. And go check out our OG, um, you know, partners, which is fnxfit.com. Um, you know, they always have uh, great stuff that's going on. And if you use our code or our link that we have, uh, where you can get 15% off your whole order, uh, by just using the Drew Code 15 code uh, that they have. And actually, they just had a flash sale today, which I was like, man, I, I wasn't able to go on it today. But uh, they always have deals just kind of like Fanatics. They're always doing deals. Sometimes it's 10%, 20%. I've seen them go to 70% before. So they always have deals. Go check them out. Um, you know, they're a really cool company. Uh, their workout supplements are phenomenal. Uh, I really like their gear. I, you know, I always try and get as much as I can, but I haven't bought from them in a while, so I need to do that. Um, but anyway, go check out all of our partners. Uh, we appreciate all the love and support, and I will, I guess, I'll let Cody finish. Hit me. I'm open. Throw it to me. Hit me. I'm open. Throw it to me. Okay, I think he's going to do it. All right, guys. Well, also, too, if you guys want to know where to get these special links to the subscription subscription description that drew said <laughs> you can also go to drewcodesportstalk.com uh, on that website as well and we just also want to say thank you guys for listening and all and having tons of fun for those on facebook that are still going through the comment <laughs> section of a super bowl that's three weeks old <laughs> yeah i've i don't this is that's a rabbit hole i can get down but anyways please you know feel free to interact with us you'll get a comment from me most likely anyways but uh we want to thank you guys again so much for being so fun to to hear us talk and more stuff come in drew and i have been uh really talking about stuff that we're going to be doing in the future of course to have a like games and other topics that we're pretty excited about so we're almost there we're eventually one day espn will call or fs1 or one of those other ones <laughs> who knows but anyways until then we're doing it for free so yeah we might have to start that only fan page that we talked about so only fans for sports <laughs> get those feet picked ready drew <laughs> well we'll play uh we'll do uh you know where we got to strip a layer of clothing off uh for every prediction we get wrong i'd be I'd be butt naked by now. I wouldn't even. Make, according wouldn't according even to make. Facebook, man, you've just you've gone off the rails. Like you were the worst person in the world. You should be absolutely butt naked right now. I, in fact, I don't deserve to be enclosed. It got you know. I don't deserve it. You don't so. deserve the skin. You just gotta take <laughs> off the skin. <laughs> okay, we can go on this forever. I'm gonna close it. Everybody, thank you so much for listening. Check us out next week, and also check out all the other stuff. We appreciate you guys for listening, and we will see you guys next time. Wait, I do want to say one last thing. If you're on Facebook and you're still messaging, oh, you were wrong. Let it go, princess. We know, princess. Let it go. It's yeah. First of all, it was before the Super Bowl. 
And now you're coming Thank after you. three weeks later and you're saying, oh, you you were wrong. He wasn't saying that he believed that that's what they were going to do. What he was saying was that's what they should do to win. OK, and I know you people who are commenting on that are not going to listen to this because you obviously no. didn't listen to that episode. So princess, let it go. Exactly. All right. uh, that's all I Chuck- need to say. Chuck and Larry, Bob and Bill, get out of the comment section already. Okay, it's getting old. We already know the Super Bowl's been happening a month ago now, so get out of here. All right, is that all? We good? That's it. That's it. That's all I need okay. to say. Good night, folks. Mm-hmm.